Sota CBD products are scientifically proven and dermatologist approved to help with insomnia, overexposure to outside environmental elements, and other inflammatory issues. Scientific research is the starting point for every product they make, and Sota products are formulated to specifically address sleep and anxiety, environmental damage, as well as inflammation and pain, both systemically and topically. Sota CBD is purposeful in providing scientifically studied ingredients that are proven to work and then infused with CBD to target very specific disease states that many face every day. Go ahead, use coupon code FINDINGGENIUS, all one word, for a 25% discount at checkout. Visit SOTACBD.com to shop now. Use code FINDINGGENIUS. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. I have uh, Max Lucado. Uh, he's a pastor, a speaker, and a best-selling author. He has a new book called You Were Made for This Moment, Courage for Today and Hope for Tomorrow. So, Max, thanks so much for coming. Wow, thank you. It's a great treat. Hello, I'm down the road from you in San Antonio, so I'm your neighbor. Not next door, but but just down the road. Hope you're doing okay. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. If you would, tell me just a bit about your background and why you became a pastor and why a speaker and why an author. Yeah, I grew up in West Texas. I uh, grew up in a small oil field, ranching type community and great family, terrific parents. I was pretty much how, even though I was raised in a in a good, solid middle class home, I I really was a bum. I mean, <laughs> I told my daughters when they went off to college, I said, if you meet the college age version of of Max Lucado, don't go on a date with him. I was a mess. I was a drinker, a troublemaker, a womanizer, and really self centered. Our family, Richard, has battled alcoholism all my aunts, many of my aunts and uncles, my big brother, I had the wherewithal to somehow realize I was headed down that road. And uh, by God's grace, I had a good friend who invited me to to church. And uh, surprisingly, I paid attention. I didn't fall asleep. <laughs> and I kept, I kept going back. And, and my, my deal wasn't, I, I always believed there was a God. I just didn't think God would have anything to do with a jerk like me. And uh, this pastor helped me understand that, that God is a God of second chances. And he's giving me the greatest invitation in history. And that's to spend forever with him in a renewed earth and a renewed, restored soul, a restored relationship with him. And so I was about 20, March of my sophomore year in college. And uh, I said, okay, if he's willing to take a chance on me, I'm sure going to give my life to him. And and so that's really how it all started. I needed to change groups, but change peer groups, Richard, because I didn't trust that I could hang out with all my drinking buddies and not go back to my old life. So I hung out with some guys and they were all training to be pastors. They were in seminary and really a great group of guys. So I joined up with them and I ended up going to seminary myself. We all ended up moving to Brazil together. We lived in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil for many years, for most of the 1980s. 
1988, my father wow. had passed away and, uh, I wanted to get back to Texas. And so came across this church through a mutual friend, uh, in San Antonio that was looking for a pastor. And so, uh, I sent them a resume and a letter and they took a chance on me. And that was, uh, January of 88. And I've been here ever since. Well, quick question, Max. Um, how did your family and your kids react when they saw you starting to change? Were they supportive? Were they frightened? Were they oh, mad my at you for the past? What happened? Well, my dad was so happy. I mean, Richard, I was disrespectful to him. I, everything he said to do, I just kind of flaunted it. I was not the kind of son you'd be proud of. And so when he saw the change in me and so did my mother, they were just so happy. They were relieved and it was a wonderful turnaround uh, for me. Yeah. Did you have a, a sudden moment where you felt that, oh, God has your back or he's there to support you? Or was it a gradual changeover? Yes and yes. <laughs> I, I will say it was gradual because what happened, Richard, is that my dad, knowing the mess I was making of my life, he said, if you want to go to, I wanted to go to the University of Texas, you know, like all my friends did. He said, if you go there, you pay your own way. If you go to this college called Abilene Christian University, I'll pay your way. And, and the reason is that he knew they had uh, required Bible courses for all freshmen and sophomores. Well, I'm dumb, but not stupid. And so if he said he'd pay my way, I went off to Abilene Christian. Maybe you've heard of it. It's a small school in West Texas. And, and uh, good. yeah, it's, it's a great school. And anyway, I ended up, uh, you know, really being influenced by some good teachers. He sent me to Abilene Christian and little by little over those first two years, the, the change was gradual. I began drinking less. I began learning to pray, learning to talk to God, uh, learning to believe in forgiveness. And, uh, and, but there was a decisive moment, March, I think the date is 15th of the year, 1975. And, uh, I was at a church service and I said, okay, Either I'm going to get all in or, or get out. I need to choose one or the other. And so I made a decision and it was a beautiful day. I, the first thing I did was go buy a Bible. Didn't own my own Bible, and hmm. believe it or not. My parents had given me one, but I, I said, okay, it's time for me. So I went down to a place that sold Bibles and I, I still have that Bible to this day. Oh, very cool. You mentioned before that you, God is a God of second chances. And maybe it's a silly question. Have you seen that God is a God of third, fourth, fifth, and 10th chances? Or is, it, yeah. is there a point where he gives up on people? No, That's no. What a great question. That's a great question. I think I'm on a, like my millionth chance, you know? And <laughs> so, I, no, he never gives up on us. He never does. He never has, and he never will. That's the promise of the Bible is that God takes people. We're just finishing a study at our church on the life of Jacob. He's a famous Old Testament character, and he's the grandson of Abraham. He's the father of Joseph, who was the prime minister of Egypt. But Jacob was a scoundrel, Richard, his whole life. He never quite could get the cheese on the cracker. And yet he's still included in the family tree of, of Jesus Christ. He's still considered, you know, Israel was his second name. To this day, we call Israel, Israel, you know, and the message there is that God just never gives up on us. We keep, we think he would, we think he should, but he doesn't. He hangs in there with us. That's why we believe in grace, uh, the great grace of God. So yeah, what a, that's a very perceptive question on your part. 
Oh, good. <laughs> um, well, if you would tell me about your most recent book, what was the the whole point of, of the book? What did you want to? What message did you want to deliver with it? Yeah, made for this moment is a book that tells a fascinating story in that's recorded in the Old Testament, and it's a story of Esther. E S T H E R Esther, and it's a story that's not read very often, not discussed very much, and I'm not quite sure why, because it is a fascinating story. It takes place takes place in the fifth century BC, before, of course, before Christ, 500 years before Christ. It involves the Persian people, and the Persian Empire was like the Roman Empire of its day. And the Persian nation was twice the size of the United States. And right at the heart of the nation was a king by the name of Xerxes. And uh, his right-hand man was a cruel, bloodthirsty man by the name of Haman. I remember his name because it rhymes with hangman. And he was all mm. about death. And he, he convinced Xerxes to declare the first recorded holocaust. Uh, he was going to kill all the Jewish people. What King Xerxes did not know is that his queen, Esther, and one of his right-hand men, a man by the name of Mordecai, were both Jews. They had kept their Jewish ancestry a secret. They never told anybody that they were Jews. She was the queen who slept with the king. He was the advisor who advised the king. And somehow they had hidden their Jewish ancestry and never told anybody. So in declaring a Holocaust, the king was declaring, unbeknownst to him, that he was going to kill his wife and he was going to kill Mordecai. And so Esther and Mordecai were left with this decision. Do we keep our ancestry a secret? Do we disclose who we really are? It's a great story. And of course, they, they disclosed who they were. Queen Esther went to the king, begged for an opportunity to meet with him and Haman together. And so they had a feast and the feast went so well, they had a second feast. And it was during that second feast that she disclosed her Jewish ancestry and the fact that she was about to be killed. And she and the king said, well, who declared that you would be killed? And she pointed at Mordecai and, well, just suffice it. I'm sorry, part, pointed at Haman. Suffice it to say, Haman didn't live the next day and the whole uh, Holocaust was reversed. I think it's a wonderful story of faith, a story of hope. And in these days in which the pandemic and global conflict has taken so much faith and hope from us, I thought it would be a great story to reintroduce to the conversation. Yeah, what's been your feeling for the past two years? For, for me, myself, it just seems like evil is just standing right there in the street corner mm. with a sign, broad daylight, and everyone's like, la, 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 la. It's just, I don't know. What, what's your feeling? I'd love to hear why you say that. What, what is it you've seen? I agree with you. What is it that you've seen that causes you to say that? I just see the the squabbles between everyone I know. I mean, I know a lot of people that, that say they can't speak to one family member or another because of politics or beliefs. Yeah. Um, just the way, you know, yeah. I and mean, like you know, the way I was treated going anywhere, it just seems like, you know, people would bother you about masks and about this yeah. and that. And just, yeah. it just seems like um, evil was spreading up everywhere. Everyone was turning into just this mean. Yeah unforgiving, get away from me, you know, fearful type yep. person. So that's, that's what I mean. I, I agree a hundred percent with you, Richard. I agree a hundred percent. Why do we have to argue about everything? Uh, why can we not uh, be more civil? 
why can we not agree to disagree? Maybe I have an opinion about vaccines, you have another, but do we really have to fight about it? Uh, do families have to split up about it? I agree. I could not agree more. Just yesterday, I spoke with a dear friend whose mother lived to be 98, and then she passed away, and her mother died of COVID, and her mother was not vaccinated because the my friend's sister, who was uh, in charge of caring for the mother, was against the vaccine. Well, you can imagine there's a split now between these two sisters. They won't talk to each other. Uh, they cannot seem to reconcile. It seems like the whole world is on edge, and I believe we can do better. I just, I really do. I believe we can do better, yeah. and I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we will. You know, our enemy is not each other. There are many things about which we can agree to disagree, and I'm hoping that we will learn to be more civil in our discourse and more honest in, and more kind in our treatment of others. So, the CBD products are formulated with scientifically proven and all natural ingredients that a dermatologist approved to help with improving sleep and inflammatory skin diseases to support overall wellness. They're offering our listeners a generous 25% off their first purchase. Use coupon code FINDINGGENIUS. No spaces in there. One word, FINDINGGENIUS, to save 25% at checkout site-wide. To do so, visit SOTACBD.com. That's S-O-T-A-C-B-D.com. Yeah, it just seems like the people that, uh, I don't know, that I'm not saying they're perpetuating it or created it, but the people at the top, they don't really seem to be caring to help people. They, they well, have another mission, and I don't get it. It just yeah. it seems to go beyond money and power is just my gut feeling. So I just wonder wow. what's driving all this. Yeah, they, they certainly could model it better. You know, there were days I'm kind of, I know that you sound like you're a lot younger than I am. <laughs> I'm 67 years old. I, oh, uh, I'm in my mid forties. So that's look not at too you. much. You're just a kid. You're just a kid. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. You know, there, we haven't always been this way. We haven't. I do recall watching leaders of political parties come to agreement. And though one was a Democrat, one was a Republican, they, they could find common ground and they could do things that were really genuinely good for the country. And there was seemed to be a mutual respect that people were of different uh, political parties or maybe even different religions. There seemed to be the ability to work things through and talk things through. So I don't know what the solution is. I personally am trying to do better. I really am. I'm trying to do better and understand where people are coming from. The advice that Guy gave me years ago, I'm white and this dear friend of mine was black. He's, he's passed into heaven now. That's why I talk about him in past tense. He said, Max, when you talk to people, just ask this question. Help me understand what it's like to be you. Help me understand what it's like to be you. And in that case, he was, he was, we were serving on a group that was working on racial reconciliation. He said, when you talk to somebody, just say, tell me what it's like to be, you know, uh, uh, to grow up in a black family in the inner city. Tell me what that's like. And you know, Richard, I found that to be a real helpful question. I've used it in a variety of settings, of course, not just regarding racial issues, but people who, who are facing of different religions. Tell me what it's like to grow up in a Hindu home. Tell me what it's like to be part of a gay marriage. Tell me what that's like. Before I draw conclusions, before I especially should never point a finger, but try to understand. And I think that's a, a step toward a more civil 
dialogue? I'm sure that question surprises the heck out of people and they go, what do you mean? Like, what kind yeah. of responses have you gotten that were interesting? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Richard. That response causes people to say, you know, to, first of all, they're, they're suspicious. You know, I am a pastor and people usually know that. They think I'm trying to work the conversation around to some, I'm tricking them. And so I take some time for me to earn their trust. But once they perceive that I genuinely am interested, they open up. And I am interested, Richard. I, I'm a curious kind of guy. I'm really curious what life is like for people. And I realize that I have grown up in a certain, you know, ethnic background, a certain financial background, certain caste system, and there's all that. I'm familiar with one way of life. And there are many, many tracks of life of which I have learned absolutely nothing. So I've enjoyed through the years getting to know that and asking that question and, and learning from other people. What have you seen in your in your pastoring that has really helped people more than other things? Like, you know, what are maybe one or two things that you've done yeah. or you've observed other pastors do that really get through yeah. to people and help them? Well, the, the big thing is is helping people to consider why we're on this earth. The most fundamental question, why we are on this earth. I'd love to start right there with somebody and say, why do you think we're on this earth? And uh, I've heard a variety of answers. The, the answer that, that comes through the Bible is that we're all given this grand invitation to spend forever with God in a renewed body on a restored earth in a relationship with him. That's the invitation. Some people never hear that invitation. So I want to be sure they know that that's what this is all about. And some people don't want that invitation and that's their right. That's their choice. But those who say yes to God, God says yes to them. And he immediately begins to prepare us for that eternal, wonderful life. And so that's the thing that I try to help people see. God never promises that life is going to be easy. God never promises we're going to be rich. <laughs> God never says we're never going to get sick. And I know people have used religion to say that, but that's simply not the case. Uh, the fact of the matter is, in the Christian faith, God becomes a human being. He lived on the earth in the form of Jesus Christ, and he had to face death. He was crucified. So he had to face the most horrendous of circumstances. So I can never promise a person, if you become a Christian, you're not going to face any challenges. But you, I can say God will get you through those challenges. So that's what I have found, Richard, to be the most helpful message for people, is as to help them understand why we're on this earth. The next life is going to be far beyond anything we can imagine. And that God will help us get through the tough times. There will be tough times, yes, but God will help us get through them. Well, maybe a weirder question is, why is there an earth and why are there people? Why would God put us here, have us go through all this, and then you know, certain yeah. ones of us come back to him? Why, why go through the whole exercise at all? I know it's yeah. a strange question. Yeah, that is not a strange question. That is a core question. And can I be quite honest? I don't know. I mean, I have my hunches. I think that our God is a God of love and that a God of love has to have objects for his love. But I've not, I don't have a, a clear answer. I'm not told what the answer is. I think when I get to heaven, that'll be the first question I ask. But I believe that the Garden of Eden was, uh, is the picture of what God intends for our lives to be, in which he lives with us, we live with him. And it's a, it's a joyful, delightful, perfect world that lasts forever. We never get tired, never get sick. 
And so we won't get bored. We won't get cranky. And why did God come up with the whole plan to start with? That one's a little above my pay grade. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Your newest book again, you were made for this moment. What are people that read it tell you they're getting out of it? That's a good, that's a good question. That's a good question. What the feedback we've received so far is that, you know, this book is helpful because it addresses a time of global calamity, global calamity. And that's what we're in now. We're in a season of global calamity. We're in a time in which the pandemic has brought people to their knees has left people set and tired and weary, and we need some help. And so the book of Esther in the Bible reminds us that God gets us through these seasons of global calamity. We don't need to despair. We don't need to give up. But what Esther did is that she stood up for her faith. She came forward about her belief that God was a good God. And she explained that to the king and as a result, saved the people. Uh, This you know, Richard, you, I'm not telling you anything when I say that the mental health crisis we're a part of is, is the worst that we've ever seen. The suicide rate is the highest it's been since World War II. So we really are in desperate need of some encouraging news. And I think the story of Esther is in the Bible to show us that during times of global calamity, that God is still on his throne and he will use people and he has people to help get us through this. So the, the, the feedback we're getting is that it's a timely book. It's an encouraging book. And it's a book that reminds us not to give up, but to look up and that God will get us through this difficult season. Yeah, no, that's excellent. Other books that you have that you're working on, or is this, uh, you're going to take a break for a while? No, sir. I, I've, I'm always working on a book. This was book number 45 for me. I've been writing books since about the mid, about 1985. I do about one a year. Uh, I've re- I have a book that will release this fall on the Holy Spirit. People who study the Christian faith are bewildered by the Holy Spirit. They can understand the idea that God is a father and that God's son, Jesus Christ, we get the God, the father, God, the son, but God is a spirit. Why and who and how? And so I, I dedicated a book to that topic. That book will come out in September. It's about in September of 2022. Oh, okay. Excellent. I don't know. Are there any big movements going on right now or any, you know, really super positive things happening that you see that either you're a part of or you're watching or you've created? You know what? There are some wonderful things, wonderful signs of hope. Yeah, we have plenty of reasons to despair for certain, but we see signs of hope. For example, I see people reaching out to their neighbors and trying to help one another more than we've ever done before. I know at our church in San Antonio, we gave away more food uh, in 2021 than we've done in probably decades because so many people were without work or their uh, inflation rate has left their paycheck less. And so we had the opportunity to create these opportunities for people to come to our parking lot of our church building. And we just gave away boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes of food. It was a a wonderful thing to witness. We're also seeing churches uh, come together and what 10 churches can do collaborating is far greater than what 10 churches can do individually. So we're seeing more and more drives to feed the hungry, to build home, building more and more homes for people who cannot afford a home. We're cooperating in, in projects like that. So there are reasons 
to be hopeful. You know, people at their core are good people. And even though sometimes we find ourselves divided politically, find ourselves divided regarding different controversies, in the end, people, people do the right thing. And so I'm seeing a lot of things that are giving me reason to be very, very encouraged. I don't know. Do you have any expectations for the coming next few years? Or do you think things will, do you think they'll change rapidly? Do you think there's going to be a big upheaval or who knows? I don't have a, I'm not very good at being a reader of the crystal ball. I do hope that we will see a return to God, not necessarily a return to religion, because religion seems to get us in trouble. When I say religion, I mean churches that are built to promote a certain person or a certain ideology, but that'll get us in trouble. When we have a movement, a return to God, a renewal of spiritual desires, I think that's a wonderful thing. We live in a day that is very secular. That is to say, many people make decisions as if there is no God, and they seldom consult God, and decisions in schools or decisions in, in government are made without much awareness of God. And so I'm not thinking that we need to have religion and a church and religion partner. I don't, I'm not for that, but I do believe that there could be a more individual response to the goodness of God. And if people could understand that there is a God who loves us and who has a great plan for us. Like you say, we don't have all the questions answered. You asked me one today for which I have no answer. I do see, I've just seen how that changes people. You know, there's nothing like learning. I am loved by God. That message changed my life and really redirected me for the rest of my life. I think I've been a better father, better husband, a better citizen as a result. I continue to struggle. I've got my issues I've got to work through. I continue to have weaknesses and flaws and temptations. We all do. But the one thing of which I'm certain is I'm going to heaven and I'm loved by God. And that's a wonderful thing. That's a game changer for this old boy. And so I'm praying that over the next few years that we'll see a a return to spiritual awareness of our good God and discover as a people how we can follow him. Well, excellent. Max, it's been really great to talk to you. I appreciate your time. I know you you got a lot more people that want to speak to you. Where can people find out more about you? And I guess your book is available at all booksellers. Absolutely. Hey, you do a great interview, by the way, Richard. Oh, you do you. a great job. But yeah, maxlucado.com, M-A-X-L-U-C-A-D-O, maxlucado.com. And we have a variety of things there. People can order books, but if you don't want to order one of my books, that's okay. You can get on a mailing list. I send out a daily word of encouragement. You can listen to some messages. We have a free Bible study that studies verses. One of the key verses in the Bible beginning March the 27th, it's absolutely free leading up to Easter. So there might be something there that your listeners would find uh, helpful and encouraging. But thank you for letting me be a part of your your work. It's really a treat. Yeah, no problem, Max. Take care. And thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Remember, before you go, ask yourself, do you want better sleep? How about better overall skin? Using Sota CBD products is one of the best things you can do for your overall wellness. Get your CBD-infused products from a company who uses proven scientific research to help support wellness and treat inflammatory skin diseases. Sota CBD is giving our listeners 25% off their first purchase. Just use coupon code FINDINGGENIUS at checkout. Save 25% site-wide. Go to SotaCBD.com to shop. S-O-T-A-C-B-D.com. 
You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.